Here we go. Whew. Back at God's gym today, where we're being trained up for this race of faith that we are running. So we're in week two of our series called Stretched. And I'm wondering, did anyone do any physical stretching this week? There you go. All right. Getting limber, right? Getting loose. Anyone, was anyone else stretched in other ways this week? Okay. A few hands there. Yep. I love it. Now, raise your hand if you hate raising your hand. <laughs> Congratulations. You all just stretched yourselves by doing something you hate. Proud of you. Proud of you, Bob. Last week, we talked about the reality that so many of us just hate being stretched. We just hate it. We don't like being uncomfortable. And yet, we know that being stretched is oh so good. We learned that the life of a disciple, it's one of continual growth. That God wants to stretch us more into the person that he created us to be. So next week, Pastor Curry is going to talk about when we get a little bit too stretched out, you know, kind of like a sweater and the, the, the neck gets stretched out too much because your head's big or something, and then it's just loose and it's no good for anything. Pastor Curry probably won't talk about sweaters, but he will talk about being stretched out too much. But today's message is called Step Aerobics Into Your Calling. Anyone here do step aerobics before? Anyone want to admit? There it is. That was the most, like, I don't want to raise my hand, but I will. I'm proud of that courage there. So step aerobics. Here we go, right? So my dad used to do this, and he was a step aerobic master. Like, he had a little VHS thing. Parents or kids, ask your parents what that is. And they put in the VCR in that little turquoise, like, step, you know? You know what I'm talking about? And he had his little, like, uh, wrist weights. And he was just going, man. And it's kind of funny because my dad's um, a little fuller-bodied now. Uh, but that man would move, and uh, he was into it. So why is it step aerobics? Because stepping into your calling is fun. It's exciting. It's filled with joy. So when we talk about stretching, about being stretched, what do we mean? We, being stretched, it's essentially experiencing spiritual growth. That's what we mean when we talk about being stretched. It's the life of a disciple. To follow Jesus means continued growth throughout our lives. It's a commitment to follow him, but not just one decision to follow him when we give him our life, but in a life filled of joyful obedience. And it actually fits in with one of our uh, core values here at Hope. It's up on the screen for you. Continuous growth. Growth is God's will for both individuals and for churches. We expect every believer to experience transformational growth into Christ-likeness. We understand this to be an intentional, lifelong process. Therefore, our goal is to make more and better disciples for God's glory. So to help us wrap our heads around this, as we talk about getting a little bit more personal with our growth today, we're going to look at Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. It will be on the screen for you. It's 829 in your pew Bibles. Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Let's receive God's word today. So I tell you this and insist on it, 
and the Lord. You must no longer live as the Gentiles do. That is, those who have not yet given themselves to Christ. And the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life that you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds. To put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Why do we experience growth? It's because we are leaving our old lives behind and putting our, on our new lives in Christ. Growing ever more into righteousness and holiness more and more into his likeness. People should be able to see a difference between how Christians act and how non-Christians act because of the way we live. So Paul told the Ephesians in this passage to leave behind that old life of sin since they were followers of Christ. And we know living the Christian life, it's a process. Although we have a new nature, that doesn't mean we automatically think good thoughts and express all the right attitudes and we become new people in Christ. But we do know if we keep listening to God, we will be changing all the time. Not just these huge major steps towards God that we think about when we look back on kind of our life journey— no, it's more those thousands of faithful, tiny little ordinary steps of obedience that we take towards God each day. And over time, that leads to big change. So a question for us to reflect on together. As you look back over the last year, have you seen a process of change for the better in your thoughts, your attitudes, and your actions? I always say it's never helpful to compare ourselves to others, but it is very helpful to compare ourselves to our past self because our hope is to continue to grow. So to look back and say, hey, am I better in this way, this way, this way than last year, or do I have some work to do? I find it to be a helpful exercise, and I highly encourage you to write some thoughts down in your sermon notes about that. Because the thing is, Change can come about slowly. It can come slowly, but it comes as you trust God to change you. And as you kind of look back year after year after year, you can see a big accumulation of change over time. But this also reveals to us an important distinction that we need to make. A lot of times when we talk about spiritual growth, we kind of equate it with, acquiring more knowledge about God. But spiritual growth is not solely about 
knowledge of God. Increasing our knowledge is absolutely a key part of our spiritual growth. But if it stops there, our growth is incomplete. Because if we're seeking to be obedient to Christ, knowledge of God will move towards imitating Christ through our words, our actions, and our deeds. And our actions ought to reflect what we have learned and come to believe to be true. 1 John uh, 2, 4 through 6 kind of says it this way. Whoever says, I know him, that's Jesus, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we, are, we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Knowledge is not enough. Words are not enough. We also know we will never be Jesus. We are humans. We struggle with sin, but it's a process of continually trying to obey his word and live as he did. In fact, that's reflected in our mission statement here at Hope. That as a community of Christ followers, we exist to love Jesus, to live like Jesus, and lead others into a living relationship with him. So in this passage, that, that term says, our love for God will be made complete. That carries with it the idea of continuous growth and development. Not that we ever arrive fully, but as obedience is practiced, God's love matures in us. Our capacity to experience it grows. So knowing God means learning about him, but also walking with him, experiencing him, and putting into practice what we have come to believe. The beauty is this. When we start following Christ, we take off the old. We take it off like it's a costume. A costume does not identify who you are. It reveals a false self, a pretend self. Before Christ, we were dead in our transgressions. So that costume, those clothes we used to wear, those were our grave clothes. That was our identity before we chose Christ. That was the costume, that of a dead person. But when we give our lives to Christ, he casts that costume aside. That's not who we are anymore. The old is gone. It is dead. And we put on our new attire, our robes of royalty as sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's not a costume. That's not a false self. Those robes are our uniform, and they reveal who we belong to. And when that happens, we start to view things through different eyes. We now have kingdom eyes. That's better than LASIK, okay? We undergo this radical reorientation, and we can see things more clearly for what they are. You can see God's hand throughout creation and the world, and you can see the lies of the world, the temptations that bring death and destruction. And sin in the world will constantly try and pull us back to the grave. 
and place those grave clothes back on us, promising us a better way by draping us with clothes of rot and decay. And it's full of contamination. But in our passage today, Paul tells us to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So that word holiness, the Greek word for that, hosiotis, it's translated into holiness. This translation of it, it only shows up two times. And what it means is it means free from contamination. We have a new uniform in Christ. We are cloaked with the righteousness of God, and we are free from contamination, free from the destructive powers of sin, free from the stink of death. And what do you do when you put on a uniform? Oh, you go to work. I remember my first job uniform. I worked at Fazoli's. I was the breadstick boy. My first uniform was way oversized, and I was way undersized, so I looked like I was playing dress-up. And uh, it was this black polo that I would wear, and uh, it turns out I was a pretty good breadstick boy. It's a hard job, but I did a good job at it, and so I got promoted after a few months from breadstick boy to chief breadstick boy. (laughs) It's called a service leader, and what do you get? But you get to wear a different uniform. You get to wear a white button-up shirt. Now, the funny thing is they didn't have any in my size, so I had to go to JCPenney and buy one, and my mom had to, like, stitch on the Fazoli's patch, which was nice of her. But anyway, here's a picture of me. I'm 17 years old here. I look like I'm eight, (laughs) but I'm 17, and that's me in my uniform at the end of a long shift. Let me tell you, I loved having that different uniform, okay? Because I was called to something higher than, you know, my other Fazoli's friends, employees. I was set apart for a specific task as chief breadstick boy to take care of the dining room, to make guests feel welcomed, all of that. The benefit of looking like you're eight when you're 17 is I got tips at Fazoli's. Who gets tips at Fazoli's? You're not supposed to tip there. I think they took pity on me. I think they thought I was like, bring your kid to work day, and they put me to work. (laughs) (laughs) anyway but I was proud of that uniform I felt important because I had a special job and this is the beauty the moment we gave our lives to Christ he calls us to work and as we work we grow we stretch to fulfill our call our very own special job he prepared in advance for us because God has given each of us a unique calling That's not just for pastors, not just elders and deacons or people with titles, but each and every one of us. You are called. Say it with me. Say, I am called. called. Say it again. I am called. called. Take that in for a moment. This is such a a big deal. Our God has given you an assignment, a set purpose, and God has equipped you and will continue to equip you to do the kingdom work he has before you. To stretch ourselves into our calling, it means living with purpose. 
and embracing the journey that God has set before us. You know, you talk about what a good stretch is, like, oh, that's a good little arm stretch, whatever, you know, physically. You want to talk about a good spiritual, emotional well-being, who you are stretch as a Christian, a life-changing and a life-giving stretch, it's to step into your calling. It's to step aerobics into your calling because, because there is such joy to be found and living in the, in, the, in the assignment God has placed before you. There's such joy and fulfillment to do the work God has set before you. And I dare say there is no avenue better for spiritual growth than trusting and following God on that path. So what does this path of spiritual growth, what does it require? What does it take for us to live into that? The first thing is surrender. Someone say surrender. It's to accept your call. Think of the Bible stories of when God calls people to a work or to follow him. Not my will, God, but yours be done. I am your humble servant. I will do as you ask. Where you lead, Lord, I will follow. Surrender is to accept your call. And I promise you, your calling is not to see how many hours of Netflix you can watch in a week. It's a high and a holy calling. You may think you're not the person for the job. You are the only person for the job that God has called you to. You might not think you're worthy to wear the uniform. Because of Jesus and in Jesus, you are. And that uniform fits perfectly because it was tailor-made for you. The first step is always one of surrender. What else does it require but focus? Someone say focus. Focus. We need to be deeply focused and disciplined on our walk with Jesus Christ. Growing doesn't just happen by accident. It doesn't just happen by praying once a month. We have to be deeply focused and disciplined and intentional in growing our relationship, growing in knowledge, and also clearing our schedule to make space for it. What else does this path of spiritual growth require but faith? Someone say faith. Faith that God is who he says he is. Faith that you are who God says you are. How do we know our calling? Well, we may not see the whole path laid before us, but God often reveals to us that very next step. One small step of faith followed by another and then the next and then again and again is how we live into our calling. And we do that by being steeped in prayer. Prayer fuels our faith and it gives us comfort and direction. If you don't know your call, steep yourself in prayer. God will reveal it to you in his timing. What else is required but trust? Someone say trust. 
trust. It means knowing that you have gifts, God-given gifts. Knowing what those gifts are and you trust God will produce the fruit in you as you follow him. The fruit of the Spirit comes as an outpouring of faithful living. So trust that God has a plan, that God is in control, and that his Spirit will guide you. Trust and have faith, even when it gets scary, because what else is required? Guts. Someone say guts, that guttural guts. Yeah, guts. Guts. It's courage, right? It's like the lion. Did he need courage? In Wizard of Oz? Or did he need a heart? Who needed courage? Cowardly lion. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> you need guts. How do we get guts but by trusting and having faith? By focusing on our relationship with Jesus, surrendering to him, his spirit will fill us with his courage needed to take that next step. Just as God said to Joshua to be strong and courageous, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Those are our words as well. We can have courage because God will give us that strength and that courage. We can have courage because God has proven to be time and time again trustworthy. And then what comes from it? What comes from this life of living into this, of stepping into our call and living in this way? Growth absolutely comes. The fruit of the Spirit will pour out of you because you will be living faithfully to what God has called you to. You will personally experience blessing while blessing others. And through that, you'll experience deep joy that can only come from God. You'll have a sense of fulfillment, fulfillment of call, sense of accomplishment, of playing a part bigger than yourself, playing your part for the kingdom and for the king. If we're honest, I think we all desire that. We all desire to grow in our spiritual walk. We all desire to step into our calling and live in this way. But we often get stopped. So what's stopping us? Is it laziness? Complacency? Maybe that sense of it's good enough. We're in a good enough place. Good enough for the king of the universe who gave us everything. I think so. The busyness. The schedule is super full. Busyness is simply a matter of priorities. What are you willing to cut in your schedule? What are you not willing to cut that you know you need to cut? If you know you need to cut it, but you're unwilling to do it, that thing is an idol in your life. Perhaps, for all of us, if we're honest, what does it boil down to? But some level of fear. 
it's scary to think of stepping into a calling, to think of God calling you to more, to think of having to leave things behind. But for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Fear is not from God. What is from God? A spirit of power that comes from him, of love that is found in him, of self-discipline to step away from fear, step away from busyness, to step away from a sense of simply being good enough, to step away from the complacency and the laziness and step into our calling because God has called you. God will equip you. He will not forsake you or leave you alone in it, but he will walk with you through it. So friends, believe it. Believe that you are called. You are called. And joyfully step forward in faith today to do the work that God has prepared in advance for you. And you will be stretched, but it will be the best stretch of your life. Praise God. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you that you have called us. God, we thank you that you have placed this calling on each of our lives. And Lord, I pray, I want to pray specifically right now for those that aren't clear on what their calling is. Lord, I pray that you will reveal in your timing to them the work you've set before them. Through the power of your word and your might, God, reveal that next step. And Lord, for each of us today, this morning, as we think about our own lives and the things that often get in the way of us stepping forward in faith, we pray that our power will be found in you. For we can't do this on our own, but in you we are strong, We're not timid when we are resting on you, God. So give us your courage and your power, Lord. Give us the courage to step forward in faith today. Lord, we thank you that we're not in this journey alone, but that you journey with us, and that you provide your people, your body, this church, so that we may walk together in this race. Encourage us today, God, as you convict us Lord, we know you convict us out of love. So may we respond in love, trusting that you will show us the way. It's in your powerful name we pray, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.